It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. BYU getting ready to host Sam Houston on Saturday night. The Bearcats coming to town. It's a new era for both of these programs. Obviously, BYU debuting as a Big 12 program, and Sam Houston starting out as a member of Conference USA at the FBS level. We're going to talk with Jason Barfield about this game. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, by way of introduction, for those of you who may be checking it out for the very first time, we are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU. We are brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn today. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stake wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people that are for your team faster and for free post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply all right please welcome in our special guest today jason barfield he's associate athletic director at sam houston state university for broadcast jason thank you for taking the time to talk with us about the bearcats Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Now, obviously, this is a big game for both of these programs. BYU, as I mentioned in the open, debuting as a Big 12 program. And Sam Houston is debuting as a member of Conference USA and obviously uh, their first game as an FBS school. So I want to start there. What's the transition been like? What's kind of the the feeling around campus getting ready for this move? Yeah, there's a lot of excitement. Um, And I think, you know, having a team like BYU being that first game Mm -hmm. as an FBS school is big. I mean, it's a it's a recognizable name. And, um, you know, so I I think it just shows the commitment that this program is making that, you know, if we're going to step up and we're going to take this leap to the next level, you've got to play teams like this. And so I think, you know, that shows the commitment to our fans that that we're willing to to move up and, and test ourselves like this. Now, Sam Houston based in Huntsville, which is just north of Houston, and uh, there are a number of, uh, obviously, FBS and Power 5 programs clear across the state of Texas. Uh, Does it feel like they have carved out a nice niche for themselves, where they're located, obviously, and just uh, building up a nice little fan base? Yeah, I think so. Um, You know, when you look at the location, uh, located on 45 between, you know, Houston and Dallas, and um, it's really accessible. I mean, you know, from an alumni standpoint, 60,000 alumni are in the Houston area. So, I mean, it's a, it, it really is. I mean, it's a major market. I mean, and that's, that's one of the things I think that was appealing to conference USA as well is um, even though we're not in Houston, there's certainly that draw, there's that pull. And uh, you know, one of the things coach Keeler's always talked about when recruiting is you can draw a 350 mile circle around Huntsville and he can never leave that area. And, you know, recruit that and and be perfectly fine. Now, this is a Bearcats program that has had a lot of success at the FCS level, especially of late. They had that epic year in 2021. I think it was, was it 22 straight wins, if I'm not mistaken? 20, 21 straight wins, okay. lost the twenty lost on the 22nd one. Okay, but they did win a national title amidst that run, right? Yeah, national title started in the spring of 21. That was a, uh, a 10-0 season in the mm-hmm. spring. 
took a couple months off, turned around in the fall, and then won the first 11 games of the fall season before losing in the playoffs. So this is a program that is uh, accustomed to having a lot of success. And last year, I'll get your thought on this. Obviously, last year they made they announced they're making the transition to the FBS ranks, which made them, if I'm not mistaken, ineligible for the FCS playoffs. And Coach Keeler made a unique decision to redshirt a lot of his higher-level players. We're talking upperclassmen with the whole idea of keeping their eligibility intact for, for this transition. How has all that gone? Yeah, I, you know, it was interesting, but, you know, not only not only was it, you know, were we postseason ineligible, but through some other changes in conference alignments, you had two other teams who had to drop off of our schedule mm. late in the game. And so, you know, you lose two teams. The, the discussion was you could go out and replace them with a D2. Does that do you any good in NAIA? Does that do you any good? So the decision was made to play eight, uh, nine games. And, you know, now at that point, you're playing a nine-game schedule. You're not playing for much of anything. With the NCAA allowing for you to play four games and still redshirt, I mean, a lot of those guys still were able to play almost half the season last year and then still take a redshirt. So it's not like, you know, 15 guys all sat out the entire year and they're playing their first football for the first time in two seasons. So just the circumstances of all of that, it really made it work. And, you know, one of the things that Coach Keeler talked about last year, he said, you know, they proposed it to the guys, but ultimately it was the guy's choice. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if they came to him and said, listen, Coach, I really want to play every game this year, they'd have been fine. Okay, that's, that's your right to do it. But these guys understood what the plan was, and, and, they, and they took it. And so, you know, I think that says a lot about the team. I think, I think a veteran team knows to make those decisions and having been through everything they had gone through winning 21 games in 2021 and, you know, everything they put in to do that, I think they wanted to be part of this transition as well. How has the university embraced this? Have they increased funding? How is all that going on that side? Yeah, we couldn't have made this move without the university. I mean, it, it had to be a hand-in-hand decision. I think you've seen – in some situations where some athletic departments do make decisions based on, you know, what they think is best and they, they go forward without the support of their university. And that's not the case here. I mean, every step of the way the the president was involved in this decision and, uh, and has put the resources together to, to make sure that this is successful. Um, this is not a decision that was made overnight. Um, you know, we started back in 2010, started making the, um, you know, the, the plans for this and, and having the feasibility studies done on our department, you know, what do we have to do if we want to move up to FBS one day? And, you know, 13 years ago, we got our first feasibility study and they put together some benchmarks and said, you've got to do this, this, and this. Three years later, they came back. We had met all those benchmarks and they said, okay, now you've got to do this, this, and this. So we had continually been doing this stuff so that when the moment came and we did get a phone call, it wasn't a matter of can we make this happen. We were ready to say, yes, we can do this, and here's the things we've already done to show why. Well, that's awesome. That's actually really good to hear because there's been similar circumstances on BYU's side moving up to the Power 5 ranks, obviously. Just to increase funding obviously has to go in for that. So it's good to hear that Sam Houston is obviously stepping up to the plate and doing everything, as you mentioned, uh, to make sure that they can be competitive day one. Uh, last thing is kind of like b- big picture with regards to this is Coach Keeler. He, he's got a lot of experience. I believe he's going into his 29th year as a, as a head coach. He coached at Delaware. He's actually an alum of Delaware, but he won a national title there. Also has won this national title at Sam Houston. 
Uh, what's he been like through all of this? Is he, has he got the plans to stick around long term? What, what is he thinking in your mind? Yeah, he's been great. And, you know, he'll be the first to tell you that when this was first announced and we were talking about doing this, he wasn't sure. Okay. He, you know, he, he didn't know if, you know, at his age and where he is in his career, mm-hmm. that this was the kind of step that he wanted to make. And, uh, I mean, you know, two years ago, ESPN named him one of the top 150 coaches of all time. So, you know, he's achieved that level and he wasn't sure that this is what he wanted to do for the final years. But as he saw the commitment that was going into it, and I think that was big for him and, uh, and, and how everybody was embracing this. I think it's a challenge he's really looking forward to. I want to dive in more in specific on the roster and talk about some of the guys that BYU fans will want to get to know. We'll get to that here in just a moment. First, I need to get a word in real quick on our friends over at LinkedIn. We talked about them in the open today, but every day these new, every these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stake wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs help you find the right people for your team. More importantly, they do it faster and for free. The best part is you can go online, set up your job, uh, posting and then add the uh, job and your the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring to millions of people out on LinkedIn. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's more importantly, it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply it's Kubota orange day shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the usa and now through june 30 get zero percent apr for 84 months or up to 3300 off select compact tractors see the details at kubotaorangedays.com your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Lockdown Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are every day with us on the podcast. Tomorrow we get you ready uh, for that game. We'll do more of an in-depth look at how BYU is preparing for Sam Houston State. But we are talking uh, today with Jason Barfield. Obviously, he is the Associate Athletic Director for Broadcast at Sam Houston State University. And Jason, a uh, big question mark for BYU fans with regards to the Bearcats is who exactly they're going to see at quarterback uh, for Sam Houston on Saturday night. You got any insight on who might win that quarterback duel? Uh, he and the OC are going to meet tomorrow and, um, and, and kind of go through that. I mean, obviously, you know, you look at Keegan Shoemaker, who's been the starter for a couple of years. Uh, certainly he's got the leg up in this. And, um, you know, I, I think it would have to be his job to lose. And everything that coaches talked about through practices, they've really liked what, uh, what Keegan's been able to do. Um, getting a new offensive coordinator in here and working with him has been able to tweak some of the things I think that they had some concerns about. Um, you know, just some of the passes that were getting missed last year mm-hmm. uh, that that they've been able to clean up. So, you know, I, I think when you look at it, you have to figure he's going to be the guy to get that, at least the first couple of series out of the way, um, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But, you know, certainly when you, when you look at what he's done, I, I think it's something he's probably earned. 
Now, uh, th- these are two quarterbacks. Grant Gunnell actually has a history with BYU, having spent time at Arizona, funny enough, uh, way back when. He's been a well-traveled quarterback. Uh, and it feels like for both of these quarterbacks, depending on who plays, it feels like the offense may morph a little bit. Or is it is it built that they can run the offense regardless of who's under center? Yeah, I think that was kind of the plan, was, was having an offense that both guys can run. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a little bit different for – Sam Houston fans, this is going to be, you know, a look that they're not used to seeing. I mean, typically, you know, it's going to be a three, four, five wide type thing. Sometimes this is going to be a little bit more of a two tight end setup. It's going to be a little more run game. And um, so, you know, this is going to be a little different look than what Sam Houston fans are used to seeing. Now, uh, obviously, we talked about the players that were redshirted a year ago. Their top receiver, if I'm, I'm going to butcher this name, so apologize is in advance. Ife Adei. Oh, thank you for doing it for me. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Ife, Ife Adei. Uh, fantastic player by all accounts looking at his stats. Uh, are they expecting him to uh, bring that same type of production uh, to this year's squad? Yeah, he's. I mean, he's the guy. He's the one who made the catch in the national championship mm-hmm. game with 13 seconds left. Um, you know, he's... He's always been that big threat. And uh, so, you know, when you're looking at a a comfort blanket for these quarterbacks, a guy that they can, you know, throw the ball up there and know that he's going to go get it. He's got the speed. He can chase it down. So, yeah, yeah, he faced the guy. How are the running backs looking from your perspective? You know, the one um, kind of known guy is Zach Robachik. Yeah. Uh, Young guy. Got to see him a little bit last fall. It's funny. Um, I was doing some some video work a couple of weeks ago and just kind of going back through some games, and he kept popping up. And I was like, I, I don't remember him having this many explosive plays. But as I kept going through the video, it was just 30, 40, 50-yard run after another. And I, was, you know, and I kind of went back and looked at his stats, and it was just kind of a – it was a sneaky year because you look at, you know, you're, you're basing it off of a nine-game schedule. So sometimes the total numbers at the end of the year – don't really measure up, but, you know, the more I watched him from last year, I was like, you know, if if he's getting better like they say he's getting better, he's going to be an exciting one to watch. So sneaky good, it sounds like, because if, if, if all those plays kept popping up, it just must have been stuff that kind of flew under the radar, it sounds like. Yeah, you know, but the funny thing is I, that whole season almost flew under the radar. Okay. Like, I, I literally have to go back and remind myself, you know, there was, there was one game I was editing and – and I was kind of I was getting frustrated because the highlights weren't good, mm-hmm. like the just the video wasn't great. And I was like, who shot this game? Like I'm, I'm going back through my my list of students. Like who did I take to this game shoot? It was me. <laughs> I was the one who shot it. That was I'm like, did I do this? But it's just you know I I think that whole year was just kind of like that. It was it was a weird season coming off of 21 where we played 22 games and then to turn around and have a nine game schedule. Uh, it was just an odd season. So I think you know from that standpoint, there's just a lot of people ready to get back to a sense of normalcy. Uh, how would you describe this offense identity-wise? Because they have a new offensive coordinator coming in here, obviously. Is it spread? Like, What what, what, what would you consider it to be? No, I, I think it's going to be a very traditional uh, two tight end, maybe a one, two back, two, okay. two receiver type of look. Like, I was looking at the two deep today, and uh, I can't remember the last time we listed two tight ends, starting tight ends on our two deep. I like, 1995, okay. I, I, that might be the last time, you know, we've had a two deep that's listed two tight ends on there. So, I, you know, it is going to be different, but it's, I think it's going to be a little bit more of a, of a 12 personnel type look. And, um, and, and so it's, it's different. We've, I mean, 
you look at some of our historical numbers and it's, it's been spread and it's been throw the ball all over the field. And, you know, the running backs will get what they can when they can. But for the most part, it's been a quarterback receiver offense. How is the offensive line looking? Because obviously that's going to be a big part of the success of any team. BYU had to rebuild theirs, obviously, this past offseason. How is the Bearcats O-line looking? Yeah, one of the big guys that uh, redshirted last year, Ethan Hagler, mm-hmm. um, best 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 lineman back. And, uh, you know, getting him in the fold I, I was big. Getting him to commit to this, um, they they really went out and, and recruited. And, you know, they, they picked up some JC offensive linemen, uh, to, to help fill some of those spots. But this was a focus a couple of years ago. They went in and, you know, some of the areas where they felt like they were falling short back in 18 and 19, they were just, they were getting beat on the offensive and defensive line. So this is a process that just moving into the whack, they knew mm-hmm. they needed to be bigger. And so this was not kind of a response to moving into Conference USA and FBS. This is a process that really kind of started about four years ago. So you're already seeing, you've already got some of those guys. You didn't have to go out and find them. And so I think that's one of the things that they're happy about. All right. I want to talk a little bit about the defense. We'll get to the, some of the defensive guys because I, I, there's a couple of guys I've seen with my own eyes just watching some of the film from Sam Houston. I'm absolutely uh, flabbergasted that they play for Sam Houston because I think they're really, really good players. We'll get to those guys here in just a moment. I need to get another quick word in on our friends over at Perry Homes. They've been working on this for months now, my friends. Whether you're looking for your first home or you're ready to upgrade to your dream home, Perry Homes has a house for you. For 50 years, Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They they have many communities, home designs, and price points to meet your needs. They have beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah counties all along the Wasatch Front. Also, multiple communities in southern Utah in Washington County near St. George if you want to go down that direction. The best part is they have over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories to townhomes that all fit your needs. They have even have quick move-in homes available if you're ready to move now. So get on it, my friends. They're also offering generous financing incentives to their preferred lender right now as well. So visit PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's PerryHomesUtah.com to learn more now. For 50 years, Utah Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage... The cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your day, my friends. Thank you to all of you who are uh, r- routinely checking this out. Quick reminder for you guys. Actually, I, it's not a reminder. This is a, an announcement. College football season is here, and the Locked On Podcast Network is kicking up our coverage with a new show called Locked On College Football Kickoff live each Friday on the Locked On channels. It'll be live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. That'll be 9 to 11 a.m. Mountain Time here in Utah on every Locked On College YouTube channel, including Locked On uh, Cougars. It'll cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games and going in depth only like locked on can with insight and analysis from our stable of locked on uh, hosts uh, yours truly included check that out every single day uh, find locked on college football kickoff live every Friday once again from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern that's 9 to 11 a.m. Mountain Time on any locked on college YouTube channel you won't want to miss it 
Continuing our conversation now with Jason Barfield, Associate Athletic Director for Broadcast at Sam Houston State. And Jason, uh, with regards to the defense here, it feels like in many ways for Sam Houston, it really kind of begins and ends uh, with KV and Gaither. Am I, am I right about that? Yeah, he's he's really talented. Um, uh, a name going into last year that, uh, that we didn't know a whole lot about. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the guys, though, that, you know, when you look at, kind of the effect of redshirting people. And we, we redshirted a ton on that defensive side. That gave other people a chance to play more that may not have. And, you know, I think that's one of the other, you know, effects of this, of sitting so many guys, is guys who may not have gotten as much playing time last season got a ton. And, and Kavion's one of those guys who really benefited from playing every snap. And he, he really came on. And, uh, you know, I don't think anybody had him penciled in to have the kind of year that he did. And, uh, you know, he, he took advantage of it and had a phenomenal season. Now, on the depth chart, I was looking at the two deep, just kind of getting ready for this interview and obviously getting ready for the game this week. Uh, it looks like, is it a three-three-five alignment uh, defensive identity-wise? It'll be interesting to see how they come out. Because, okay. I mean, <laughs> th- th- there's just so much talent, especially, like, at the linebacker spot. Yeah. Um, there, there's so many good linebackers on this team that they're going to have to find a way to get these guys on the field. And so I, I'm actually kind of curious to see um, how they're going to do it. Uh, you know, they've, they've said that defensive line and linebacker are probably their strengths. Mm-hmm. So you may see more of a, a, a seven-man front. And, um, you know, but even today, Keeler was talking about how much he really likes the secondary he's got. So I'm, I'm curious to see kind of how we come out and play I just know with the linebackers that we have, you got a lot of guys who are really talented, and they've got to find a way to get them on the field. Well, yeah, I'm looking at names like Markel Perry, Trevor Williams. Like These guys are all dudes, just reading up on their statistics, they've been regular contributors, if not downright stars for this defense. Yeah, Markel was the guy last year who they I think they intended to play. He was not one of the guys who was going to redshirt and uh, was having a phenomenal game against A&M in the opener and got hurt and was going to miss about a month to a month and a half. So they were like, mm, why don't we just sit out the rest of the year? Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's no point in kind of rushing you back. But he was having a really good game against A&M. Um, you know, one of the guys that like Dave Campbell's Texas football has already said, you know, one of the top returning players in the state of Texas this year. And um, Trevor Williams is another one that, yeah, you look at his his height, and I think we'd list him at five eight and a half. I, I'm not. <laughs> He's got five nine on the depth chart. I'm seeing <laughs> five nine on the depth chart, and you know that that would be a, a quite the growth spurt. Okay. over the the last time that I saw Trevor, but he he doesn't play that way. That's okay. for sure. I mean, he is he's probably one of the most talented five eight and a half linebackers <laughs> that you're going to see. I mean, just kind of a sideline to sideline guy. Um, super smart. Um, you know, he's the, he's the one that, you know, you don't see the physical tools when you look at him, but once he starts playing and you're watching him play, yeah, he, he's, he's a guy. Now we talked about the offensive line. You said it was a kind of a, it's been a four year process to get bigger and obviously just get more uh, size on the interior defensive line. Is it, do you feel the same way? Do they have the requisite size they need? Yeah, it was in, – in, in fact, it was the same conversation. And, and Coach has said this, that, you know, in 20 – or I want to say it was 
2018 or 20, 2017 in the playoffs, we went up and lost to North Dakota State, mm-hmm. and we just got whipped. And the year before, kind of the same thing against James Madison, we had just been whipped. And they're flying home from North Dakota, and he's sitting there with his coaches and just said, we, we've got to make a change here. And that change was basically rebuilding the offensive and defensive lines and having a we, – we weren't beating people with speed anymore. I mean, that, that worked for a while, but when you got into those kind of games, speed wasn't going to win it for you. And so they started the process of building those lines up with the 2018 season, and you know, those were – you know, not coincidentally, those were the two down years that, that he's had were 18 and 19. But but then you saw the results of it in 21 winning the national championship that they were just able to start building it. And then same thing, moving into the WAC, they already knew they were going to have to get bigger and more physical up front on the defensive side of the ball. So this process had already started when the transition to Conference USA was happening. Now, you said you heard from Coach Keeler that he likes his secondary. What does he like most about them? Is it cornerbacks, safety? Like, what, what, what excites him most about the back end? Yeah, he just, he just said just the way they all play. He likes the physicality. They've got some big corners. They've got some, some big guys. And, you know, that's been one of the things that they've noticed through the recruiting process now that, that they're in con- – they're getting into houses that they didn't normally get into in terms of recruiting, you know – cornerbacks like that we just didn't talk to a lot of six two six three corners when we were playing in the southland conference you know and uh and the ones you did get may have had some some areas you know that they were lacking in some other spots that you were hoping that maybe you could develop um they're they're getting into a lot more of those homes and you know so that's one of the things that they're excited about with this move it's just you know they're they're seeing more of those types of players and so you know when he was talking about the secondary today i think he touched on it during his press conference that um, you know, while they felt like that might have been, you know, if you were ranking D-line, linebacker, you know, secondary, that that was going to be three because it's not as, as distant of a three as maybe in the spring they thought it might have been. Now, this a big game, obviously, it's going to be a, it's a 9-15 uh, central time kick for Sam Houston fans. But uh, if Sam Houston is going to come to Provo, Utah and spring an upset in their first FBS game, Jason, what is it going to take for the Bearcats to pull it off? They can't turn the ball over. I mean, I, I know that's obvious, but, you know, just look back to last year's game against Texas A&M, mm-hmm. and that was a game that they were in for a good portion of that first half. And two bad turnovers, you know, and all of a sudden A&M was able to turn that into a, a two-touchdown game, and and then at that point you'd almost feel like you're out of it. I mean, so, so I mean, obviously they've got to control the ball. They've got to control the clock. Um, you know, if, that, if the offense can move the ball, don't have a lot of quick three and outs and, and put the defense back out on the field and just get some balance from that side of things, I think they feel like they can put themselves in a position to be competitive out there. Uh, how excited are Bearcats fans to come to Provo? Are you expecting a, a decent contingent to make the trip? Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it it was 104 today, so <laughs> I don't know what your weather looks like there, yeah. but it's going to be better than what it is here. Um, but, no, I, I think there are, you know, we've had some fun trips, um, you know, just moving to the WAC. We, we got a chance to go out to Utah last year when we played uh, Utah Tech. Yeah. And, uh so, you know, I had already heard from some people that had made that trip that were like, yeah, we can't wait to go back to, to Provo next year. And so, you know, I think there's some people who are ready for this and, and just looking ahead, just our schedule in general. It, it's an interesting schedule and there's going to be some some fun trips and some places that we've never been before. So I think that's another element for our, 
our fan base that they're going to start to get to see things. You know, you spend so long in one conference like we did in the Southland and, you know, it's all bus trips and it's drives and you can get to places like McNeese and Northwestern state and Nichols and so like that. But at the, at, at some point you're just, you're ready to start seeing some other stadiums, seeing some other fan bases, eat some different food. And uh, so I, I think that's one of the things that they're looking forward to. Well, according to the forecast, I just looked up, it's looking like upper seventies and potential oh. uh, chance for rain. So, Hey, Oh, I'll take it. <laughs> I haven't, I saw, I saw two drops of rain the other day. And I think it's the first I've seen in about a month. So <laughs> yeah, I'll take all of that. Uh, Utah's he, <laughs> Coach said today we got out this morning. We had, we actually did have a little bit of a rainstorm that hit Huntsville, uh-huh. uh, last night and uh, he said the guys got on the practice field today and it was like mid to high 80s and they were ready to put hoodies on (laughs) well it's been a pretty hot summer here in utah we've been a 90s or hundreds for most of the last two months but uh it sounds like uh the weather gods have smiled upon sam houston as they make the trip to provo Football season, football weather. Absolutely. Ready ready for it. Well, Jason, cannot thank you enough for taking the time to join me here on the podcast and look forward to having Sam Houston up at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday night. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, that's going to do it for Jason and myself. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listener today. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the podcast. As I mentioned on tomorrow's show, we get you ready uh, more in-depth from the BYU perspective on this game. Season opener for BYU and Sam Houston State. Stay tuned for that. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.